0: Our scripture reading this morning will be from Titus chapter one. We'll be reading verses five through nine. That's page 1058 in your pew Bibles, page 1058 in your pew Bibles. Again, that's Titus chapter one, verses five through nine. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self willed, not quick tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober minded, just holy, self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict.
1: When you hear those verses read, what do you hear? We could have read from First Timothy 3, and or Titus chapter 1 as we did, as, as Paul lays this out for us, and he's uh, telling uh, Titus, these are the kind of men we want to lead the congregations in each town. When you go through this list, and, and we go through it, and you go through and you see the, the husband of one wife, and the children are believers, and the children have not been charged with debauchery or, uh, or insubordination. That they'll be God's stewards. That they'll be people who 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 are able to do what. They're not arrogant or quick-tempered. They're not a drunkard. They're they're not violent. When we're, they're hospitable. They love people. They're able to confront doctrine. What do you hear? I'm going to tell you what I hear is that's a great challenge. I think it's one of the biggest challenges there is. Also, when we hear that, it can be quite intimidating to those who listen and to hear that. I I know that there are men who never, ever feel that they would live up to what is is there. But realize, um, as far as I know, there were no perfect people where Titus was going or where Timothy were going. See, we are, uh, right now, our congregation is looking to add uh, more uh, shepherds. We have four of our shepherds who are going to the church plant, and so we are looking to add shepherds here. And so really, that's a very exciting time. That is something that has come because of growth. It's something that has come because this congregation has continued to grow and and chosen through, through vision and faith to plant. See, we were talking about the kingdom this year, and adding shepherds to the kingdom is a big deal because King Jesus, as we talked about last week, he wants his kingdom to be a place filled with godly leaders who help people to, to follow Christ more closely. And, and, and we look, realize that the church is Christ. And he says in Matthew 16, uh, verse 18, he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is what Jesus said. His church, his kingdom here on earth is a big deal. And it came from his mind, he is looking to change the world through people, which to me is still incredible. Isn't it to you? Jesus came and stayed on earth about, about 33 or so years, and he did incredible changing, but he left his kingdom in the hands of people to change the lives and hearts of people. Now, he didn't leave us alone. We, God is with us. Uh, the Father with us. The Son, the Holy Spirit are with us. But he left them for us to make a difference on this earth. When we think about the king's church, he wants every congregation to have elders. We see that in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. And when they had appointed them elders, for them elders in every church, and had prayed with fasting and commended them to the Lord, on whom they had believed, they put elders where? Every church. That was the the goal. And we see uh, what we just read in Titus 1, verse 5. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and that you appoint elders in every town as I directed you. It must be a big deal for congregations to have elders. I believe every congregation, if they don't have them, should be working toward that. I I, I truly believe that. I I grew up in in country congregations. uh, our, Our Sunday goal was 55. And we went for years and did not have elders, but we had some who didn't think we needed them. I'm like, well, I know I'm only about 10, but the Bible says we do. We should be working toward that and looking toward that, and we have been blessed here with shepherds. And what we want in God's kingdom here on earth is to be healthy. How many of y'all think about health this time of year? It's a big deal, right? We start the year over, everybody starts thinking about health. A few years ago, uh, I am thinking about it a lot now Is my baby boys on the way, and we got to see a picture of him Friday, really cool, we're really happy about that, um, and uh, and just very thankful uh, for that. But when I started working on my health a couple of years ago, I had to start eating something that I would have used to throw through a window before it was avocados. I still don't think they taste good, I eat it because I've been told they're good for me. But I'm going to tell you, I didn't know I needed a master's degree to know which avocados right. You ever know, I mean, you go through that and you're going through and you're choosing and the different stages not ripe and almost ripe and ready to eat and past ripe. That's just nuts. I feel like you have to know. Some person said, well, you can find out like this. How, can you imagine having to do this and explain to somebody when they can eat this great healthy food? In my life, I never remember anybody having to tell me when to know if a Twinkie was ripe. Right. Oatmeal cream pies, hey, solid. We know it. If it's in the box, it's ready. But one's a healthier choice than the other. It's important, and and we think about that, making that decision between health and and what is easy. Sometimes uh, we, we eat more out of convenience at times, and that causes us to not think about and be as discerning about what is healthy. When it comes to leaders for the Lord's church, for his kingdom here on earth, we need to make healthy decisions. We want to make biblical decisions. That's why 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 are very important that we look at that. We want men who what? We want the church to follow our King Jesus. They are to lead the the church and, and follow Christ. They are being called to advance the kingdom of God here on this earth. The thing is, this congregation, as congregations do, they have term limits. We do not. So if a man is put in, he, he sort of gets to stay unless he's disfellowshipped or he decides to to step down. And so when somebody put in, it is a, a long-term appointment, and we see that. And, and a wrong uh, elder and eldership can do a lot of damage. Some of you have seen that in other congregations, and it's one of the saddest things there has ever been. And so when you look around, if we put in people who are immature, have a lack of love, a lack of vision, a lack of growth-minded, a lack of faith, or a lack of faithfulness on top of that, it can be destructive. One of the things I greatly appreciate about this congregation is what I've seen in my short time here and my decision to come here is we have shepherds who are also seeking the king. That's what we want. Just as we were, if we were to go through and talk about the birth of Jesus, there were shepherds who sought him out. We need shepherds today who will continue to seek King Jesus in their faithfulness. And what we see is the church has a need for leadership, and so does this congregation, and so will the 109 congregation. There is a great need. What I want you to do is open your Bible to Acts chapter 6. This is not usually the passage going to when we talk about elders. See, many of you, when you saw Titus 1 this morning, you would say, all right, we're going to camp out in Titus chapter 1 or 1 Timothy 3, and we're going to talk about what is it that that the husband and wife mean, what what does it mean for believing children. I, I want to tell you there's some things sometimes as we get through those things which are important that we need to never overlook when it comes to choosing men to lead God's kingdom here on earth. What has happened is this congregation, as the Lord's church has grown, realize they started out with 3,000 on day one, which is still amazing. We read just a couple chapters later and they've hit 5,000 men. So you start adding and, and realize that 3,000 number, that 5,000 number is a lot bigger. It may be as many as 15,000 people. And the Lord says the church is what? Multiplying. It is growing and growing. It's not just adding. It is multiplying. So, what has happened is there is a problem here, and we'll read about that right here in chapter 6, verse 1. It said, Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, Is it, it is not right, (coughs) excuse me, that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables? Let's look at this just a second. What's the problem? Well, there were people who did not have money for food. And the church was taking care of them. But there was a group being neglected. And the apostles are saying, hey, we have a job to do. Our job is to to preach and to pray and and minister to God's Word. They'll talk about that more later. And so what we need to do is we need to find people who are able to do this. This is the first uh, uh, instance I think we find in Scripture uh, of where a congregation chooses their own leadership. And that's what they lay out for them before Jesus did. Boy, went and chose the twelve disciples on his own. He went, and people followed him. Now they're going to get an opportunity to choose their own leadership. Is what they say. The apostles say. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men, full of good repute, full of spirit and all wisdom, who you who will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Here's their qualifications. They have a good reputation. They are full of the Holy Spirit, and they are full of wisdom. That's what he said. Those are the type of men that that you are to look for. We're going to pick seven out of all these these thousands and thousands of people. We're going to pick seven to do this. and, And what you need to do is choose that. And they did. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. I'm going to tell you, there's not a preacher or eldership with love for once for what they said to please the whole gathering. That would be a neat thing for that to happen. But what they said, people were excited and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Akhanar, and Timon, and Parmias, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. What did they do? They chose leaders. Now, these leaders are going to be servants because servants are leaders. Elders are servant leaders. We see that they have chosen these people and they look for certain things. And now what we are doing, they they were told to choose from among them. This word means that they are to inspect and evaluate. Just as you do when you go to choose avocados or whatever else that you're choosing vegetable or fruit-wise, you inspect it, you evaluate it, and that is the word that they've been told. You look through. It is not something that you just sort of do a quick overview and and get something. You choose out what it is that you need and is best. When he says we want a person who, who is what? A person proven of character. So when we look at choosing Men, to, to continue leading our congregation, we want to find men who uh, have character, not just a reputation. Reputation is what people think you are. Your character is who you are, and we want that to carry over. And, and, and we, we see that, and we want to see people who are not only that, but that are spiritual, spirit-filled. In other words, who do you know for good works? Who do you know uh, that that shows kindness, who shows those things, who is already a servant, who is already working? I don't know if you've ever heard that God doesn't have much luck steering parked cars. He likes cars that are already moving, makes it much easier to steer. People who are already moving in that direction, and he wants people who are full of the Spirit. Don't get too tore up on this. Some people want to go, wow, what did they have? Well, I, the Bible tells us about this in the book of Galatians. What does it look like to be Spirit-filled? He said, if we are led by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. What does that look like? When we look in the book of Galatians, we see here uh, in, in verse 16. We, we see here in chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What we see is people who are led by the Spirit, men who are Spirit-filled are men who live for God and not their own desires. He said, here's, here's what it looks like. He, he said, this is someone who is not led by the Spirit. The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. i warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're looking for people who are what? Spirit-filled. And we see the sexual immoral, the things listed here, the, the different forms of that. But how many churches have been destroyed by men who love strife, by jealousy, by fits of anger, by rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, and envy. How, how many careers have been destroyed by those? Because one, we look at, okay, they've committed adultery. They're, they're this. We don't want them leading. Uh, the other we look at, at the, in this list, and we go, wow, this is something that will get them in jail for a DUI. We don't want that. But sometimes we overlook these personality traits, which are the same things listed in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 5. They're even-tempered. He said, here's what somebody who's walking with God looks like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. If you want to know... If somebody is walking with Christ, what are we going to look at? Do they have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? So we're looking for spiritual people. See, it's very easy to find someone who's been married to the same woman for a long time, who's been faithful, who has children who have been baptized, who attends church, and, and we can see that, but that doesn't make them a spiritual person. That doesn't make them someone who seeks Jesus. We want to find people who are spirit-filled, that that love God and and love faithfulness and walk close with Him. See, the next quality that we see here that that they wanted here is they wanted people who were filled with wisdom. Why would elders need wisdom? Wow. Because they're leading the flock of God. They're leading, they're leading God's people, they're leading us, and what they want to do is apply God's knowledge. So they want to know God's word, and they want to apply it, and they are charged with leading people, one of the most challenging things to do in this world. But he said, we want men to, that are full of wisdom, and, and I like this, the African proverb, it says, if you are filled with pride, then you will not have room for wisdom. If you already know everything, why would you seek to understand anything? There's a a book by Patrick Lencioni, it's called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's a really neat book. I've read it uh, uh, before, I've listened to him lecture on it. And he said, companies who have a CEO that know everything will probably fail. Who feels that they have to be the smartest person in the room. He said, most companies that do well are the CEOs who surround themselves with people smarter than them, which actually makes them very wise. See, it's important that we have men who are willing to say, I may be wrong. Let's pray about this. Let's seek God's wisdom on this. Let's look at what God has said. And he said people need to have wisdom about passing out bread. Let that set in for a second. We, we had people pass out bread to us just a few moments ago. And yes, they have to follow directions. There is a pre-laid path. Sometimes that gets messed up. You may have seen that before. Sometimes it's easy to get confused doing that. But they're saying, even for somebody who's going to pass out bread and make sure people have their bread, we want them to be wise in what they are doing. Do you realize that elders still today are responsible for passing out bread? The bread of life. God's Word. To make sure it is taught to help people to follow that, to help people to 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 hold on to that, to help people to allow that to lead their lives. And what we see is what is wisdom. James tells us, in, and let, let's do this before we get to James. Let's talk to the Apostle Peter and a, and a fellow elder. Let's talk to an elder first. He says, so I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight. In the Bible, there are three words for, for what we talk about elders. There's, there's the word elder, which means somebody who has experience. And we would like to, um, associate wisdom and experience. Will we not? We would hope that would be the case. But we do realize that getting older is something that, uh, uh, will happen. Uh, getting wiser and mature is something that happens by choice. Okay. But he used this word that the elder there is somebody with, that, that is a little older with experience. Secondly, we see here that they are a shepherd. The work of shepherds used here, and then exercising oversight, that's the word overseer. That's the three words we have there in Scripture. And this is where uh, the Apostle Peter uses it all in two verses. See, it takes a lot of wisdom. Again, we should gain that by experience. But also to shepherd, why? Because they're going to be taking care of people in a lot of different situations. And to have oversight and bear that authority and responsibility, but also to have vision to lead. See, the Lord is who gives wisdom. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. We want men who seek that wisdom. There's really good news, as as James tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And what happened, and it will be given without reproach uh, to him. It will be given generously. God says, I will give wisdom to those who ask. We want men who believe they need to ask God for wisdom. Also, how do we know if somebody has attained that? It's not that you hit a level of wisdom and you never learn anymore. How, How do you know if somebody has wisdom in their life? It's interesting. James tells us two chapters later. James 3, he says this. Who is wise in understanding among you, by his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness and wisdom. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about false uh, and be false to the truth. He said, people who are wise do what? They have good conduct and they show good works and, self, and self-control and meekness. He said, you can tell who is wise among you. It is the ones who live a godly life before you. That is what he is talking about here. He said, this is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is, but is earthly, spiritual, demonic. For with jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Which is interesting, if you put this side by side with 1st Timothy 3 and with Titus chapter 1, you see that, right? The person who is unwise is somebody who gives himself over to jealousy and arguing those things. The person whose wife lives out a, a wise, lives out a godly life before them. Men who are pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. I don't know about you, but to me, that's the kind of man I want to have lead a congregation. What about you? Men who are, who are pure. Men who are peaceable. Who do not try to gain their way by intimidation. Men who, who are gentle. who do not feel they have to force their way on someone else. Men who are open to reason. That they're full of mercy. Why would they be full of mercy? They realize how merciful God has been with them. They're full of good fruits. They're people who lead by example. And you see that they're impartial and they are sincere in their faith. What a great list from James. So we're, we've been called to, to, uh, to make some healthy choices. Today, uh, the elders have said this is the, the last day that you can uh, turn in names for those to be shepherds. What they would like you to do is to go to a person and ask them if they are willing to do this, and if they say yes, they are willing, then you turn that into one of the elders and you sign it and say, I have asked so-and-so, and I put person's name up, they've agreed, and you sign your name to it and hand it to one of the elders. That is what they have asked to happen. And what are we looking for? Men who do meet 1 Timothy 3 and, and Titus 1, but please don't realize that, please realize that we want men of good character. They're full of the Spirit that are full of wisdom and seek wisdom and full of faith. Those are the men that we want to continue leading us as we walk toward God. Can we pray about that just for a moment? Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you are great and mighty and awesome, and we come before you today asking you to give us wisdom as we look for additional elders. Lord, we're thankful for the good men here who have served. We have some that have served a short amount of time, and some who have served 40 years. And we're thankful for all those and all those in between, and we pray for wisdom as we continue to add shepherds here. We pray for wisdom with the 109 congregation as they uh, will be beginning and with their leadership. Lord, help us to have men here who, who desire the office of an elder, but desire it from a pure standpoint that desire and help all of us men who are here to, to have a desire and look and see the qualities that make a good elder, the qualities that, qualities that make good men of God and help us all to seek after those things. Lord, we pray that you will bless us with more good shepherds to help lead us towards you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Here's why it's a big deal. Look what happens. If we go back to Acts chapter 6, what we see is it's really neat. They choose these seven men to make sure the bread gets given out. The the apostles get to get back to teaching and to praying and to preaching. And look what happens. Verse 7 says, And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests became obedient to the faith. What happens when you have people serving and people leading and the people... Uh, preaching, when all this gets to happen, the word of God multiplies. That's what we have seen, and that's what we want to have continue, and we want to see that growth. Why? Because it's about the kingdom. It's all about him, and and having a healthy church here is a part of God's kingdom, and it goes back to following our King Jesus. This morning we we talked about the, the wisdom are those who will seek the King. This morning, are you seeking Him? If you're not a Christian, we would love for you to make the decision uh, to to put Christ on in baptism. Be an awesome thing for us to be a part of this morning. For you to make that decision, for you to state and make that great. Uh, confession that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you want to make Him Lord, we would baptize you into Him this morning. Or today, if if you want to ask us to pray with you or for you or you want to confess sin, we we would surround you and pray with you and for you. We would love to do that. If we can help you in this walk, would you come now while we stand and while we sing.